So, great big good morning, everyone. It is wonderful to have you here today, whether it's your birthday or whatever it might be. It is great to have you joining us today, whether you're part of our studio audience or you're joining us live online. We have a very, very special service for you that's going to close with a wonderful baptism by a dear friend. And what we're going to talk about today is we're going to be looking at biblical angels. We're, we're launching this series. And part of it, a great part to start with, is just this idea of biblical angels and gratitude. And, and uh, you know, how important gratitude is in terms of expressing the better angels of our nature. So for me, I want to start by thanking the congregation. We ended the fiscal year incredibly strong. We still are tallying some last-minute things. But it was by far and away the best year we ever had at New Church Live, which given COVID is pretty cool. So... I'm super excited about that. So just a big thank you to all of you folks, all of our online people, all of you joining us, both live and archived. Great to have you part of this congregation. So, so today we're looking at this idea of, of biblical angels and, and, and thinking about angels and the idea that the word for angels in Hebrew means messenger and, and how's this all connected to this idea of, of messenger. And where I wanted to get started was this, this question right here. The question is, what is the best conversation that goes on in your head? And you can text that answer into me at 215-740-3662, 215-740-3662. And, and when you send it in, just think, what's the best, right? Because, because I think we all could agree, right? We could stay over here and we talk a lot about what are the worst conversations in our heads which all deal with worries and fears and concerns, all this stuff gets the engine all gunked up. And today, I want to talk about what are the best angels of our nature and get at that by looking at what are the best conversations you have in your head. I was thinking this morning, just for a little guided practice, as they would say as a teacher, you know, for me, it's, it's when, I, when, I, when I sit down and instead of the first thought, I think at a wedding or something like that, when I sit down at a table with strangers, worst thought is, is in my head is I don't belong, or I have nothing to say. And the best thought always is, what a great bunch of people. That's a, that's a very different conversation. What is it for you? When you think about the best conversations that happen in your head, what are they? And we'll be coming back to those and reading some of those a little bit later on in the service. So I want to talk about these, these conversations, and, and I want to get started looking at it this way, folks. Like today's service, there's some services where you're really trying for like deep and poignant, and, and this service will have deep and poignant moments. We'll also have just a lot of moments just, just of sort of light, a light smile. And that's because it's a fun topic to go over. It is really interesting to me, taking a look at these things, to think, to think through these conversations and, and to think through that a lot of these conversations in terms of you know, how angels are in our lives and all this, this that, and the other thing, and, and how, much of it, how much of it is serious and how much of it's light. And we want to look at both. We want to look at, at how is it that we can be called to something better. How can we use these best conversations that will actually move life forward? Because we don't just want to sort of sit in the nostalgia of it. Though that's beautiful, and there's moments to talk about that. We want to actually talk with it, talk about it in terms of some gravitas as well. So, let's get started. Biblical angels. Now, angels show up right from the very beginning of the Bible. Story of creation, Genesis 1, verse 26. 
This is what it reads there. And God said, let us make a human in our image after our likeness. And these will rule over the fish of the sea, over the bird in the heavens, and over the beasts, and over all the earth, and over every creeping animal that creeps on the earth. Very powerful line there. And it's dealing with this, with this us, this us, this us, this us. Folks, there's, it's interesting when we, when we hold God not in terms of a, of a pyramid, right? I mean, obviously God's, God's ways are higher than our ways. Obviously God is a much higher thing than we are. And God has this beautiful way of creating things in the round. Not creating things sort of an edict from on high, a transactional love. As I say here often, and I'm totally ripping off this line from a wonderful book, you know, it's not shaped like a pyramid. We forget that a pyramid in the end is a tomb. And we have to sort of see it a little differently. We have to sort of see God as, as asking us to play our role in co-creating as well. And that's not to sort of elevate us up into sort of this, this, this vain part. It's to say, no, we have our role to play as well. We have our role to play as well. So with this, with this idea of us, here's a couple of, of concepts around Christian New Church theology that I think are, are beautiful. You know, us, the idea that that is the foundation and the measure. And that foundation and the measure. So, so it's both like this, this building block. It's a fascinating concept, right? It's both, when we co-create, it's, it's both this foundation. It's how, how we're to build our lives is co-creating things together. And then there's this, this higher part where it becomes the measure. As the saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. You want to go deep, you want to make a difference, go together. You want to build something that lasts, go together. You want to move communities forward, go together. I love that idea, right? of God, angels, humanity, all that kind of swirling around in this way of creating something, this way of co-creating. It's a much healthier view of God and a much, much healthier view of, of thinking about how life can work. And again, it, it's from the very beginning of the Bible, very, very beginning, very beginning, God is saying this is an us project. The very beginning saying it's an us project. And angels are part of that. So after we get done with our first song, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about how this might work in our lives, as well as look at some of the answers around how that conversation might actually sound in our heads. So welcome, friends. Welcome to New Church Live. Sometimes, sometimes I like to shout out 
at the top of my lungs and just let it out. What has that fear ever done for me? Ooh, but hold me back. Oh, what has jealousy and hate ever done for you? I remind you of what you think it lacks. So give me love, give me compassion, self forgiveness, and give me some passion. But if I didn't speak, it wouldn't be real. But sometimes, sometimes I have to shout out at the top of my lungs and just let it out. What has that fear ever done for me? Ooh, but hold me back. So give me love and give me compassion, self-forgiveness and give me some passion. I love you. What a beautiful song, and I, I love that line. I love that line. You know, angel, can't you see you're free? And I think that's exactly what God would say to us, you know, and he would say it with a smile, not with a scold, like, yeah, can't you see you're free? It's a story I've shared in here before, but it's, but it's one about conversation, and it's, it's just interesting as a pastor, you know, 
all pastors, priests, rabbis, imams, no doubt, you know, we do a lot of work around families and family relationships and family dynamics. And uh, most of which are rather challenging, <laughs> as all of us know, right? And this is a story I've shared in here before, but, but there, was a, there was a couple and her struggle was he would leave his socks around. Um, you know, no, that was not my wife. You know, the struggle was he would leave his socks around. And so, so we were talking about that and I said, I was asking her, well, well, if you saw those socks, you know, trying to see it through God's eyes through see it versus seeing it through yours, what would they be? And she had this beautiful response, you know, life-changing response for me, actually. She said, oh, Chuck, they would just be socks. <laughs> That's it. They'd just be socks. That's the freedom I think we're talking about here. So much of, of working in times that are strained is learning to quiet the drumbeat, to quiet the noise, because... God's in there, angels are in there, and that's, you'll hear them in a much quieter way. And it's a way that just doesn't have that edge to it. And it's, it's a way that has this, this amazing freedom to it. Now, we certainly don't live there all that often. You know, maybe little moments here and there. So don't, don't be feeling guilty if you're like, yeah, I think I felt that once when I was 11. Uh, you welcome to the human race, right? You don't, you don't experience it all the time, but we do get these, these little glimpses. And in these little glimpses, it's, it's those tiny little pieces where, where a minute becomes a moment and opens into something that's huge and ineffable. So let's, let's just take a look at that in a little bit more depth. Now, now here's kind of a, and you know, with a lot of this stuff, like try it on for size. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's, it's a fascinating concept that comes out of our particular denomination. It's the idea that we really do have guardian angels. So any of us fans of It's a Wonderful Life, the Jimmy Stewart movie out there, you know, a classic movie with Clarence, you know, I, I do believe there are Clarences around. <laughs> I, think, I think we do have guardian angels around us. And it's, it's interesting, Emanuel Swedenborg said, yeah, you know, you actually have two of them. You actually have two angels. And as I was getting ready for, for this service, I was thinking, boy, there's so many beautiful perspectives on this. Some of it's a little, little esoteric, but, but it's, it's interesting to think about. One is, you know, if we all have two guardian angels around us at all times, it goes, think about that line from Jesus, where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. Hmm. That means God's in the middle of that somehow. And then this other really, really beautiful concept. Other beautiful concept. And that's this idea that maybe why we have two angels is because God's interested in getting us into the conversation versus rushing to the answer. I want to say that again. God's interested in getting us into the conversation versus, versus rushing us to an answer. I was reading a little background thing this, this, this weekend, getting ready again for, for the service and an upcoming service. And the guy brought up an interesting point. He said, you know, over the last 10 years, he's using social media here. Have you become more strident or less strident? And I've become more strident. Like, you know, I've, I've lost some of my soft edges and I want to reclaim that stuff. The only way we reclaim it is when we don't rush to answers, but instead, we're willing to have conversations. 
So we're no longer talking past each other. Now, angels, I think, I think help us to have these conversations in incredibly beautiful ways. Uh, let, me give you, let me give you some examples from what people sent in. You know, how are they with us? The best conversation in my head has to do with the different ways it can be kind to others, how to make others laugh, how I can, can care more and do the will of God more. Best conversation in my head, it's nonverbal, beautiful. Feeling love in my chest for an upcoming connection or event. Best conversation in my head, how I can live the God-given gift of life in a way that becomes a gift of life to others. When I purpose in my life in a moment of clarity without even trying to see it, isn't that interesting? Like there's not an efforting. There's just this conversation that, that puts us right into it. The aha moment where it all makes sense. Best conversations when I remember to thank God for the good things that happened and to thank God for helping me through the bad things. Best conversation, I'm going to get through this and it'll be okay. That'll be a big one for next week. Another person wrote, everything will become the past and become a story. When new parents tell me about their baby, and, and to the Georgia person who wrote that in, I would say when new grandparents <laughs> talk about their new, their new grandchildren. Oh, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. And, and folks, so, so much of that is, is, you know, that idea, like there's the conversation we want to be in. And it's, this is like so subtle, right? What I find, and it gets a little bit to what John out of Michigan was talking about, it's not something we go into like with an agenda. This is the conversation I'm going to have. More and more, I think we need to work at going into those places without having, this is going to sound strange, without having any conversation in our head because that just gives itself over to ego. And instead, just being open and allowing a conversation to happen and evolve in our hearts because that's where I really think we will start to hear things, see things, and understand God in new ways. Now, how are, how are these angels with us? Like, how might that look in our lives? Well, I'm going to tell you some things here, and they're probably things you already get a sense of. And again, don't, don't think of angels as sort of showing up kind of out there, and all of a sudden the clouds part. That's not the experience we're talking about here. It's much more about music. It's much more about something that's touching our heart. It's much more about something breathed into our very best intentions. That's where we'll start to sense it. And that sensing is it breathes into our best intentions. That's, that's that heart strangely warmed. Again, Road to Emmaus, it's, it's so beautiful. Like these, these, it's a beautiful story. In a nutshell, these two guys are working, are walking with Jesus. Jesus has been resurrected. They sit down, they eat bread. And, and they, they, they sort of figure out it's Jesus eventually, and they said, oh, yeah, weren't our hearts strangely warmed? Now, yeah, that, that is the way it feels. Hearts strangely warmed because of the angels in our life. So, so here, here be some examples, folks. Create, bend, inspire. Create, bend, inspire. The first part here, I want to walk through these here. You know, this, this first part, the idea of angels are with us in creation it's amazing how much we can get shut down by what we know. Like, we're positive. This is exactly how it works. 
And I feel the better angels of our nature, I feel like they're constantly asking us, well, just see it a little differently. Just see it a little differently. I know for me, I feel like I've had to be reminded uh, literally a million times that what I imagine somebody to be is not who they are at all. What I imagine someone to be is not who they are at all. Again and again, I have that experience, and I'm sure you do too, where, where we, we, we go into a room, we size up somebody, we think they're this, then we actually have a conversation with them and we realize they're so different than what we could have ever imagined. 99.9% .9 of the time, far better. That's that creativity, folks. That's that seeing something different. Like, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? One could argue, don't have to, but you could, argue that, that classical music, classical music, the most creative musical form we've ever thought of, the vast majority of it is religiously based. That's why, please listen carefully, that's why we do such a disservice to religion when we think we got to get this box and just how small and tight can we get it? No, real religion is about this expansion, about this creativity about this breathing. A little side about classical music. One of the things I love about it is the idea that those composers, Bach, Beethoven, they thought in more than one instrument at the same time. I can barely think in words with more than two syllables. And they're thinking about how a, a, an orchestra of 50 how it all goes together, foreshadowing here. How cellos work with guitars and ukuleles, who knew? That's fascinating. That's fascinating. And we live in an era where, nope, that's, we don't think of creativity and religion going hand in hand. The second one is bend. We create and they bend. So the bend part, and this I say with a smile. How many of us have made a bad decision over the past two weeks? And you better all raise your hand because there was at least one, right? We've all made a bad decision. We just all have. We all have, right? Well, what I want to tell you is you could have made a worse decision. Think about your bad decision. How could you have made it worse? You could have. I'm not answering for any answers there, right? But you all know it, right? You all know you could have actually made it worse. Well, maybe it was the better angels of your nature who said, you know, that wasn't, round one wasn't such a good idea. Going for round two, definitely not a good idea. So that idea, folks, of create, bend, and inspire. Inspire. Spiritus. Spirit. Inspire. Spirit, meaning breath, God, wind, that idea that comes into us and that that flows through us and we get inspired. I love that idea of that kind of, that kind of inspiration and that, that God is with us in those things. And, and I, I just, it's, isn't it so fun when we feel inspired about something? And how that can move our lives and help the world, it's beautiful stuff. Now here's always the trick, right? Angels create, bend and inspire. And we're always, remember folks, we're always to be co-creating. So it's like this, swirling around like this. 
That means we're to allow that to come into our lives. You know, how do we get quiet enough to allow the better angels of our nature to help us create, help us bend, help us inspire? And not only to receive it, but in turn to give it. In turn to give it. I mean, a little aside, it's one I've mentioned in here many times. I love the idea that we can, we'll ask, well, well how, are, how are you, how are you, how are your spirits today? Are you in good spirits? <laughs> That's a great phrase. I think we mean, are the angels around you sort of in a good place? Are the better angels of our nature? Are they active? Are they with us? And when they can be, folks, it's not just about receiving that, though that's part. It's about giving it. It's about being that. As best you can. Understanding there's one life. It's God's life. Your job is to pass it on. Boy, and does that put our ego in the right place. So, are we ready for a little contest here? All right, so here's the contest, folks. So what we're going to take a look at is this. Remember the book, Where's Waldo? I thought we would take a look at some pictures. And I have seven pictures. And your job is to identify the angels in the pictures. All right? So you're going to see seven pictures. I want you to identify where you, where you see the angels here. No, no, I'm just going to ask you, that's a great question, Rob. I'm just going to ask you, just take a look and just keep it quietly to yourself. Again, if there's one that strikes you, you're more than welcome to actually text me, text me, uh, uh, you know, your response where you see it. All right, first picture here. Where is the angel in this picture? A mom and a child. Where's the angel in this picture? This is a famous picture for those of you who didn't see it last week. This is a picture of a diving coach who, whose diver fainted when they were doing an exercise. This is the coach jumping into the water to save them. Where's the angel in this picture? Family out on a boat ride. Where's the angel in this picture? It was fun last night, you know, now being a grandparent, I was, uh, I was sitting at a, at a table at a, at a wedding and, you know, just asking the other, other people, like, could you get out your phone and show me pictures of your grandkids? They can't get out their phone fast enough. That's good stuff. Where are the angels in this picture? Picture of new parents holding their new child's feet. Where are the angels in this picture? Does anybody know what that's a picture of? This was, this was so cool. I had no idea people do this. Do you know that there's a lot of people who volunteer to go to dog shelters on the 4th of July to sit with the dogs so they're not afraid of fireworks? That's pretty cool. And yes, dogs are angels too. And I love this picture. A family after a baptism. Mm. See, folks, I, I would hold this like it's, it's not this big mystery, you know? We look at those pictures. I, I cannot, I mean, there might be somebody so cynical 
out there in the world. I would hope not. There might be, I don't know, living under a rock somewhere. Who <laughs> look at those? I shouldn't have said that. Who's, who's looking at those pictures thinking, there's no angels there. But I don't know that many people who don't look at those pictures and say, oh yeah, there's some angels, there's some angels, there's some angels. The point is, angels are everywhere. And that when we reach a certain point, we can start to see this. A real quick Bible story that I want to share with you because it, it deals with how we start to see and how those nudges start to happen. And it's the story of Nicodemus. Nicodemus, he was a, he was a clerical. He was a, a Jewish religious leader. He knew all the rules. You know, talk, talk about a tight box. He lived in a super tight box. But this Jesus guy kept on getting a hold of his heart somehow. And so he did this incredibly courageous thing where he, he goes to visit Jesus at night. At night is a big thing because he's, he's so anxious that somebody will actually see him, this religious authority, going to go visit this itinerant homeless preacher. And that's where we pick up the story here. But there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, which means teacher, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In other words, he saw him doing these signs, and he's like, this guy, this guy's from God. He's, he's God's with him somehow. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born again when he is old, Nicodemus said. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Beautiful, beautiful line there. Now, friends, it's, it's this, this line here that really struck me. This is a very common story to preach on. And the line that struck me this time around was this line from John 3. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That's Jesus saying that. Now, here's, here's an interesting idea, right? So Nicodemus could kind of see what Jesus was doing. He had this sense. As John from Michigan had said, something had landed. When that thing lands on our heart, we just kind of know. And that's why he was able to see. That's, that's why he was stirred to do that. I mean, there's something incredibly powerful about that. Because it's easy to think, like, oh, I feel this unease. I feel this need to take this journey. I feel like I want to take some steps towards faith. I feel this sort of this uneasiness or this disquiet, and I'm going to kind of lean towards it. And then I'll get the answer. Please listen to this. You start leaning towards that. All of us start leaning towards it because we already have the answer. Because in a sense, we already know. In a sense, we have been born again. Sermon writing team beautifully put out, you know, we're born again and again and again and again. There's this, it's this cycle, it's this co-creating cycle where, where we just keep on moving through it. It's an incredibly beautiful idea. Because it moves us away from the idea that faith is some sort of like answer or finish line that we finally get to. It's not. 
It's a journey. It's a process. It's co-creating. It's with God and angels and community. It's, it's all this stuff kind of swirling around. Places where we inspire, where we bend, where we create. And then from there, we get a new kind of wisdom. I love this definition of wisdom. This is a, a Christian New Church perspective on wisdom. The wisdom really, true wisdom. Again, this is the wisdom of the angels, and it's your best wisdom too. It has these parts to it. It has knowledge, it has love, and it has humility. You think about how much, right? We look at knowledge, we think, no, knowledge is just purely about wisdom. You know, and, and that it's, 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 and wisdom is purely about knowledge. Like, it's, it's just this intellectual thing. And, and I, I think that's how we define it now, but that's not it. I mean, as the old saying goes, who would you rather sit beside on an airplane? The person who knows the most in the world or the most loving person in the world? <laughs> I'll take the most loving every single time over a know-it-all. Think of how this works, Right? What if we really do pull together this concept and we really sit into, yeah, I, I want to have knowledge and it's got to have love to it. If it's not loving, it's not true. And it not only has to have that, folks, it has to have humility. It has to have, it can't have stridency it has to have this humility that allows there to be a conversation. How do we do that? Right? I think that's an open question, but it's a really important question because, because as we do this, knowledge, love, and humility, as we really live into that, we'll be reborn again and again and again because we're going to be on this life of discovery. Folks, has your view of God changed from when you were age eight? Yes, right? Did God change? No. <laughs> but, but that's the piece, right, is that we just keep on evolving with our view of God and our, our view of life, and that's, that's that, that cycle of being reborn and reborn and reborn, where it's, and it's not, it's not um, reincarnation, it's, it's this rebirth of our heart, where we hear with our ears, see with our eyes, most importantly, as Jesus said, come to understand with our hearts. Boy, that's a good adventure. So folks, as we close on this, notice that that voice at times will be a voice that, as is said again in the, in the New Testament, will trouble the waters. So it will actually stir things up. And other things that will actually calm things down. And maybe what we can do now is just the best we can try to see the world with the eyes, the eyes of an angel. Amen. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance for a break that would make it okay there's always some reason to feel not good
good enough And it's hard at the end of the day I need some distraction Oh, beautiful release Memory seeps from my veins Let me In the arms of the angel, fly away from here, from this dark, cold hotel room, and the endlessness that you feel. You are. There's vultures and thieves at your back And the storm keeps on twisting You keep on building the light That you make up for all that you lack It don't make no difference Escaping one last time It's easier to
what a beautiful song that was, and, and it just brings up so much, right? It was interesting backstage, you know, we get text messages because people come on a little later, or, and just that idea, somebody said, yeah, angels are everywhere. I thought, that's beautiful, <laughs> right? Like, angels are everywhere. Let's get a chance to, like, see it and, and experience it. Not in, not in some way that's like way out there, but just as like, yeah, this is life, and angels abound, and God is with us. And God is with us when we choose to get baptized. So what we're going to do now, folks, is we're going to do a baptism. We have not done a baptism in New Church Live, live, since COVID. So this is our first one in two and a half, three years, which certainly is beautiful. For those of you who haven't been part of a New Church Live baptism, what we do is we invite the person up, as well as their family if they'd like to join us. And, and then what we'll do is we will invite, if you would like to come up too, we do a hands-on blessing at the end of the baptism as well. So anyone else in our studio audience who would like to join is more than welcome to. And if you would like to send well wishes as a text message to me that I will relay to Ryan, you are more than welcome to do that as well. So, folks, everybody deserves a nice warm round of applause. So please, please give a round of applause as Ryan comes up to the stage. And the twins are joining him. Good to see you guys. You want to stand right over here. And girls, you get to be on the left and the right of your dad. <laughs> Perfect. Good to see you. So, so Ryan and I, just so you know, we're, we're hockey fans. He's a college hockey coach, and I'm the chaplain of that, of that team. So there you go. So Ryan, I wanted to start with this. It's just what an honor it is to be here with you. What an honor it is to be here with you, with you girls. This is the passage I picked today from John 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's command to remain in his love. I've told you so that this joy may be in you and your joy may be full, may be complete. My command is this, and I love this command. <laughs> love each other. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this than that they lay down their life for their friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer calls you servant because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friend. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love one another. And from the book, Secrets in Heaven, the pact, the agreement, is the Lord's close connection with us through love, or to put it another way, it is the presence of God with us in love and charity. The word calls this itself the very essence of peace. This is because peace symbolizes the Lord's kingdom, and the Lord's kingdom consists of mutual love that is the only thing that affords peace. So my words for you deal with about remaining in God's love. And it was really striking yesterday, you know, working with someone who, who's lived a good life and they're, they're celebrating a loved one who's passed on. And I love this idea that so much of what we do is we celebrate what's called the little dash. And the dash is this, like in life, when you look at a gravestone, you have two things. 
You have when you were born and you have when you were died, which, which are nice to know. They're good information, right? But what matters is this, the little dash, what you do with that, how you live deeply into that moment is really what matters in the end. And in baptism then, it's, it's not like some great finish line, like it's some great starting line. It's the idea that, that we can come to this point and we can live into that point and that point becomes a portal out there into the world. It starts with two very important people and then it echoes out there into the world, making a huge difference in all things. And that's what we celebrate here today. So. What I would ask now, folks, is that if some people would be willing to come up for the hands-on blessing part as we do the baptism, you're welcome to come on up. Uh, Allie will be here. She will help you to, to navigate the stairs so we don't have any YouTube-worthy moments of anyone, anyone falling off. I just want to scooch on in. PJ, you want to come on up here? I have to smile. How come I never see this many people at 1030? It takes to 1045. <laughs> Guys, you want to scooch on up and put your hands right on their backs there? Yeah. All right. I just want you to feel this, right? Feel this. Feel these people here with you today. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the one God of heaven and earth? Do you commit to the work of repentance and reformation, the work of seeking God's help through his complete word to battle selfishness and materialism as ends in themselves? Yes. Do you commit to the work of repentance and regeneration, the work of seeking God's help through his complete word to grow in love and service to others? Yes. Do you commit to work both as an individual, as a Christian New Church member, and as a community member to live this new faith, this little dash? Yes. And will you now... Will you then be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as a sign and memorial of your willingness to travel this spiritual path of rebirth? Yes. yes. And we always set off the fire alarm when the... <laughs> when the uh... I'm to bless your daughters first. I just want to give you a blessing in life and you a blessing too. You're baptized right down there. I baptize you, Ryan, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. May this moment be a moment that lives in your life. May this moment be a moment of blessing, of a new start, reborn again and again. Ryan, may you live life fully. May you remember there are people gathered around you who love you, who care for you very, very deeply, who are here with you on your journey. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Amen. And you are now baptized, my friend. <laughs> Good stuff, buddy. And you guys can scooch on off of the bed. Good stuff.
uh, the older I get, the more I just love baptism. So Ryan, thank you for agreeing it to do it. Thank you folks for coming forward and being part of it as well. So we're going to close with, with a prayer here, folks. And then, and then after the prayer, we're so fortunate. We have a wonderful last song for you. And special guest star and guest shout out goes to Levi McFall. Levi, Levi is sort of, you know how every organization needs somebody about 50 years younger than you who actually knows technology? Well, Levi's that guy. He works with Marcus, does a great job. And he's also an amazing cello player. So he will be joining us for our last song here today. So with that, friends, join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for the beauty of family and baptism, the beauty of new starts, the beauty of rebirth in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, allow us to really look, to look for the angels in our lives, to really look for the angels in our lives. And Lord, allow us to receive what they have to offer as well as to look at ourselves where the angel, in a humble way, lies within us. And what can we offer from that place? Not in a way to fix the world, but as a way to serve the world. A place where knowledge, a place where love, a place where humility all come together. Thank you, Lord, as always, for this amazing congregation. Thank you, as always, that we got to gather here today to celebrate your word and celebrate your friend and celebrate this togetherness we call New Church Live. Allow us to make a difference in the week ahead. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And a final blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Just give me one thing that I can hold.
So much to Levi for that beautiful cello playing. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much.
want to come back. 